Hey everyone, this is Anna Firminov, and this is Modern Startup Marketing, a show that's shining a light on those startups that are taking their marketing efforts to the next level. And now to this episode. I want to welcome Nemanja Zivkovic to the Modern Startup Marketing Podcast. And this is kind of a different kind of episode. Typically, I have startup founders and marketing leaders on here. And Nemanja is CEO uh, at Funky Marketing. So he's got his own marketing agency and started this company in 2020. And it's been growing. You now have six total employees. So very excited about that for you. And so Funky Marketing, it's based in Novi Sad, Serbia. And they're basically helping B2B tech companies generate revenue growth, which is pretty important. And they're doing this primarily through inbound and content strategies and scaling those things. And so how did we connect? So we connected over LinkedIn. And the really quick funny story is that I messaged you back saying, I don't know who you are, so I'm not going to connect with you unless we actually meet and talk virtually first. And then I'll get to know you and I'll be more comfortable connecting with you. Now I'm a little bit less crazy about not connecting with people. But before, when I was just getting more into LinkedIn, I wanted to make sure that I'm connecting with the right folks. So I'm very happy we connected. We've already chatted on your podcast. And so now I'm so excited to have you on the Modern Startup Marketing Podcast to talk about some of your expertise, some of your experience and your company. So welcome. Thank you for that great introduction. Uh, I mean, it's good to hear about yourself and your company from somebody else uh, as somebody else that you respect and that you follow as well. And kind of interesting, like I don't look at funky marketing as an agency. Like I look it up as a team because like marketing agencies are all that we dislike. So we want to go totally in a different direction. And yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting journey. So let's dive into it. I'd love to do that. So going back to what you just said was interesting. I also had that thought. Should I call you guys an agency? Because when I started my company, I also didn't really want to be called an agency. And I typically say that I'm a marketing consultancy, Fermanov Marketing Consulting. I even put it in the name because I wanted to stand out and be a little bit different. So that association with agency. So what do you tell people that you are if you're not an agency? Yeah, we're we're a team. We're a, a team, team of people that will uh, move the earth, the sea and the seven skies to do uh, whatever is necessary to get results. And this is the best that we can do. Awesome. Love it. And what I love about you is that you are very people oriented and this is going to come out in this conversation. I know, like, I love your passion. You're very passionate. You also don't beat around the bush. You tell it how it is. And some of these characteristics and qualities that you have, I, that's why I enjoy talking to you. And so let's go ahead and jump right in. So talk about your role right now at Funky Marketing as CEO, you have your hand in a lot of different things. What are you focused on right now? Actually, we started as a, I started in the middle of January 2020, the company, and the idea was to kind of, it's me, myself, and I just learning uh, more about entrepreneurship, about how to develop a company, 
But like then COVID hit, then a lot of clients wanted me to accept more things to do for them. And that's kind of where we start growing. And then like the, I didn't actually hire people. They just kind of uh, like approach me. Then like how I'm communicating the story, the name, everything. Uh, and also the, the results I was sharing. So they kind of approached me. Uh, so I hired two people and for the majority of time, that was like the core of the funky marketing team. We had two more people and they are still with us doing like uh, video editing and uh, visual stuff. And right now, I think today I hired two people that will uh, help us with more stuff. We are not just a company that have people inside Serbia. We now have somebody in Spain as well and i'm kind of trying to get myself out of the operations and uh be the one who will come up with with innovation who will further develop things who will have more time to get back to what i was doing at the start so think more about what's next how do we develop this thing because like we have gone through an interesting journey in a year primarily with figuring out who are our target customers, clients with whom we want to work with. And it kind of followed the process of how we are like crafting the services and narrow it down. And actually, what are some of the things that we are doing? Because like just this moment before I jumped into the call, somebody told me on Twitter, like, it looks like you guys are really crushing it, but I don't actually understand what you're doing yet. And like, I still didn't find a way to present that on the website, but I kind of said, okay, but I can write two articles and write it down in it. Cause when I explain it on the sales call, people understand it super well. So I kind of crafted two articles. And now when somebody asked me, I said, just read those two articles and that's it. I love it. Yeah. It's something that is definitely has been a focus of mine too. Because what we know as marketers, which is still hard to do as people, is to narrow down your focus, narrow down your niche, and who are you for, and who are you looking for, and who's your ideal client, is the best thing to do, to narrow that down, and then explain it so people understand it better. But it's hard. It's hard to do. So does that mean that you're kind of focused on building out your team, kind of jumping into client work, you're focused more on innovation, right? Because you're hired some more people. So that's really where your focus is, is on the innovation, the new stuff, and helping clients with that innovation, right? Yeah. I mean, in a way, I, I know what we're doing. Clients know what we're doing. They know why they are hiring us. So kind of what I'm doing right now is actually making teams stronger, so we can uh, go faster to the results and we can like make sure that we deliver on what we promise because this is the core of what we should do. And kind of that's where I was like at the moment uh, we don't accept new clients. I want us to perform for this that we have at the moment and then like kind of build the momentum up to, up to what's next. I mean, we'll talk about it later, I think, about the... Target groups, the ideal clients, and those kind of things. So we'll get yeah. Tomorrow. Let's jump right into that because we were just talking about it. I think it's a very nice segue into who is your ideal client. So you're going to have people. You're turning folks away and saying, "Nope, we're going to focus on those clients that we already have." Who do you love working with? Who and what do you look for? Yeah. So we go in two directions. Actually, we thought that we are going in two directions. I will explain why. Our ideal clients are companies between 10 and like 70 employees that 
uh, already know who they are. They know what differentiates them. They know their story. They know the culture, values. So we are taking them uh, with what they have at the moment and get them to the next level. Kind of getting the people outside of the company in front of the company because like we are working with tech companies and uh, usually the people are their biggest assets. And that's what we are focused at. We use people to show them in front of the company and use their power to take them to the next level. And with that, we are bringing like the feelings, the emotions, the creativity, uh, the storytelling, everything that, uh, that B2B doesn't have at this moment, we are bringing it to the companies and helping them be be actually who they are, not just an object, but the people. And uh, that's on one side. Uh, on the other side, we are still helping uh, solopreneurs, like kind of build their own personal brand, uh, even though, even if they're like entrepreneurs who are just starting or the ones who are changing the career. So kind of something that we do, because we do that for the employees of the companies, but we do that also on a personal level. and. Uh, the third option uh, is like we have two enterprise level clients. So they came to us inbound. Actually, I think like I closed 31 uh, company this year, all inbound. And um, they came to us. They said, okay, we have 400 employees right now and we want to grow to 6,000 in five years. We want to become the unicorn and we want you to help us do that while we come up with the contracts and everything. They bought more companies, so they become the company of 600 people. And now I told my team, forget everything that we were doing right now. This is totally different beast. We got to approach it differently because you cannot work with 600 people right now. So now we, we do things a little bit differently, like work with the management team, work separately with marketing and business dev team. Then uh, overview the process of how they are implementing what we taught them uh, on the other part of the team. And, you know, that's just how it goes. And to be honest, I'm trying to build the first company of 100 plus employees. I think Drift didn't have 100 employees when they did it to cover of LinkedIn. So that's kind of what I want to do. Wow. Okay. So there's really three separate buckets then that you're looking at. Do you think that you will focus over time more on like the 10 to 70 people companies, or do you think you'll always have a mix of all three of these? I don't know about enterprises. I guess, yes. It all depends on who are those companies because we cannot work with any company. Like we're totally different. We are totally informal. We are direct, honest, and there are so many companies that are very like straight in the way they communicate, in the way they just write emails. And it's not something that we can do. So I wrote a few days ago on LinkedIn, like I'm telling the companies right now on the sales call, like right now, before we actually get into anything, we are different. And you need to know that. Uh, so that's kind of the thing, because if we are that way, that's the only way that we can bring the change into those companies. If we are like them, we won't bring the changes. Yeah, so that's on one side. On the other side, I, I like us always to be in the dirt, kind of, because that's where we see what's next. Even though it's like solopreneurs or if it's a startup, there always needs to be at least one startup so we can see how things are moving, going. And so like my employees can do different things because I know that they won't be here forever. 
they will all at one time move on. And I want them when they move on to like kind of learn more and know more than they did uh, when they entered the company. So no matter if they become the entrepreneurs or for somebody else, like that's just continuation of our relationship, not at the end. Yeah, I love that way of thinking. So you basically are trying to figure stuff out. It's the first year. I totally get it. I'm in the same boat. I'm also figuring out, you know, ideal client, how to explain what I offer. How do you think about the services that you offer? Do you have a couple different buckets? Do you... Um, because I've seen some companies that are basically their pricing is all right. Working with us is five thousand bucks a month minimum, or ten thousand bucks a month minimum, and here's what you get. And maybe they'll have another option. Is that how you think about pricing too, or differently? Yeah, that's kind of the way we need to structure it in like three packages. Because I like to give people a choice. Why? Because if I don't give him enough choices, they will go to another place and to find more uh, of that. And so we have kind of like three packages. All of them have a strategy based on LinkedIn because I don't want to do it instead of them. Uh, we are focused on results and come up with the results we need for B2B. We need LinkedIn and we need strategy. So that's kind of the, the first step. Uh, first package is something that doesn't involve creating content in ways that it doesn't involve like writing articles, newsletters, those kind of things. And usually companies that get the first bucket are the ones that already have content on their website. They just never shared it anywhere. Uh, the second one is like, so we come up with articles with those kind of things. And on the third one is uh, include advertising. And then it all depends. They're kind of like different things uh, based on how many people are involved in the strategy, how many uh, internal workshops and lectures involved, like are we building the team inside the company? Because if we really want to do it right way on LinkedIn, then we need to create sort of a content hub inside the company. So what comes out is actually just the extension of what's happening inside the company, you know, those kind of things. And that's where we at. It's been quite a journey I think so far like uh, I think now we, we changed the prices we raised them up for like fifth time since the beginning just coming from Serbia and people were looking at us like based on location and I think right now we're in a place where we can say like location doesn't matter anymore uh, now we are kind of getting close to creating a brand people know who we are they know the value that we're bringing they know that we are kind of different and, uh, but it took us a year to get there. Yeah. And just curious, is the focus on the B2B tech companies, is that just based on your experience working on that side? Like why not do B2C and also those like 10 to 70 people companies or solopreneurs or, you know, that are focused on building out their brand targeting in that arena? Yeah. It's, uh, it's because I've been working in B2C like all my life. I mean, I've been working in agency and with startups, but all of them were focused on uh, on B2C. And I did I did a lot. I worked with more than 70 companies. I worked in performance marketing and uh, like I saw it has a plateau. It stops when you when you stop advertising, when you do something different. But I also learned that there are emotion involved, how the people react. There's a huge amount of creativity over there. And I just 
wanted to use that to take it to the B2B. Like uh, I didn't just decide I'm just going to go to B2B. I saw that B2B is seen as a mystical, foggy place when uh, people think of their ideal clients as the companies, as objects. They really do even today. They don't look at it like I need that person on that position from that company. On LinkedIn, you can find it by the name and the surname even. You can find it the city or tweet. You can go on Twitter and find like that they're interested in like, I don't know, fishing or MBA or baseball or whatever and just get into conversation. No, they, but if you look at the company as the object, you can never go in that direction. And then you just talk about yourself, about your features, about those kind of things. Like, let me give you an example. I was just finished actually being a mentor for like agri-tech startups here in Serbia. And all of them were talking about features. And one of them were creating like technology, like uh, recording the fields with drones and uh, like having all kind of visuals out of that. And like the farmer actually asked them like, I don't care what kind of technology do you have, but what is in there for me? Like, I don't care if you are using drone or you're using something else, if you're using just phone camera, but what do I have out of it? You know, and that's what matters. That's right. The benefit to the person that you're trying to get attention from that might be interested in your product, what's the benefit to them? That's also a big challenge that I find folks are having a hard time splitting it, taking themselves out of the equation and thinking, what is the benefit to the buyer prospect and less about you, 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 your company and your features? It's hard to do too. So that's a really good segue actually into the fact that this is the first time that I've got you, a fellow marketing business owner on this show. And so I'd love to ask you, where do you find that most of your clients, which are typically B2B tech companies, are getting marketing wrong, are getting growth wrong? Like what are the biggest challenges you're seeing over and over and over again? And we started to hit on some of these ideas, but please share. Yeah. So uh, where do I start? (laughs) Let's get from the from the very beginning of the year. Uh, and it's like me and some other people like Chris Walker, few of them, Chris Walker was very big on this thing, was like, uh, don't go after meaning your MQLs and go after SQLs, sales qualified leads. Uh, and this is the first thing, actually. Why it is happening? Because companies have marketing teams and in B2B sales cycles are very long. It can take from six months to nine months, even more than a year sometimes. And the CEOs need to have some kind of proof that marketing team is doing something. So when you think of it like that, then you can, okay, how many leads do we have this month? Uh Uh-huh, okay, so the next month we need to have more and more and more and more. And when sales have all those meaningless leads, they can just call them, but those people aren't really interesting to buy something. So they get pissed on marketing and you create all kinds of destruction in the, in the company. And this is like the present situation. And I don't think that situation is changing. I wish it would change like this year, but as I'm seeing it, it won't. Because like we need the change of generation of seniority in the companies for that to happen. We need people who are with different mindsets going over there. So that's one thing. Another thing is 
all of them are still creating content for the search engines and they forget about that content on the website. They share it once on the company page and then like the four people for the company like it, maybe a few of them share it and then like their friends and relatives see it and that's it. Like maybe 14 to 40 people actually see it and they forget it. They then get to another article and that's how they got people from Google on the website, but they don't have relationship with those people. You know, they're just there because they find the features, they find all kinds of different things. And like the CEO won't get on Google and search for something. They might be, but then it's also up to, do you have a customer support? Well, how are the sales guys? Like all kinds of different issues appears in that way. Uh, and um, also, yeah, I mean, somebody can do the research uh, instead of the CEO, but it's not the same thing. Like just being out there now, everybody are social media and being out there, it's kind of the way to have direct conversations with your potential clients. And uh, yeah, that's also another thing. There are a lot of, I am just thinking about how many things I can talk more and, and the list goes goes on and on and like but i think those two let's stick to them and like those are the ones that if we change them i think we will have sort of a game changer and also like uh bringing things that we already told like emotions feelings creativity inside it road post few days ago like uh netflix spotify airbnb they're doing really great stuff of going out there to meet the customers, to meet their users. They are not waiting for them to come towards them. And they are creating that kind of experience along with the users, with the customers. And uh, what do you think will happen? Will Are we going to just pretend that other bigger brands than those three companies are doing something different and we are going to approach them differently when we already have that experience? Of course not. We want. We will seek for that experience from also those companies, and I think these are the things that will change in the next year. What? What can you give an example of? What, how are they meeting their customers where they are and creating these experiences? Like, what is Netflix or Airbnb doing? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, like they will give you personal experience. What is out there for you? So, what are some or Netflix? What are some series or movies that you need to watch? Or what is something that's coming up uh, that might be interesting for you? Also, Airbnb, like they will give you specific things that you want to have in the apartment when you're renting it. So like you're not a smoker or you have dogs and like those kind of experience, they will tell you like there are three apartments in this city that you sometimes wanted to go. Maybe you want to go there. There is specifically one in the best location now available that accept dogs and uh, we will give you, I don't know, the discount so you can go over there. Like it's, it's time for you to do exactly what you wanted to do. And they're kind of helping us do the things that we wanted to do, like kind of just uh, trying to guess our experiences and go and yeah. also like just take a look at the social media, like. A lot of brands are now uh, seeing that and going towards customers and like getting involved in the conversations. That's right. 
Yeah, not shying away from that. Yeah, I can see what you mean by that. I'd love to explore those two things again that you mentioned, the challenges, going after the SQLs versus going after the MQLs. Let's start with that one. I'm still having conversations with folks and I we're talking about goals, let's say for 2021. And the head of marketing is saying, I have a goal of whatever it is to increase my MQLs. And the reason that they're focused on MQLs from the marketing standpoint is that it's a lot for marketing to cover the full funnel. So they want to focus on top of the funnel. What's your advice for someone that has that mindset? Like, oh, it's just, you know, might be a person, a team of one or a team of two. And it's so much to focus on the entire funnel and how marketing can create that impact from the very beginning to the end result, the closed one, the revenue. So they want to focus on just the top of the funnel. What's your advice for that person? Um, They need to build a content machine. That's the first thing and the only thing. Uh, So look, that might work like focusing on top of the funnel and only like getting MQLs. Might work if there is different... Uh, world out there for like MQLs, SQLs, and those that are like in the middle of the funnel, right? But all those people are in the same places. And if you're communicating just with one out of three, then you will get just one out of three because others will look at other places. They won't be interested in that. And that's how you you need to communicate. You need to communicate with all those people are in the right places, but in a different manner. And if you create the right content and distribute it the right way, this is how you get it. You don't need that many people. Right now, you're recording the podcast. So let me give you an example of something that we do. So uh, when we start working with companies, uh, there are specific things that we do. First, we, we focus on personal brands, personal profiles of the, well, in most cases, those are like um, management, also like marketing and business development team. It all depends how many people are in the company, but we use their profiles to build their personal brands, hammering over pain points and telling their personal stories. So mixing two of them. And through that, we kind of communicate uh, building their personal brands. We build the company brand and people, uh, when they, have enough information, they go to, uh, they reach out to them on LinkedIn or they go to Google, they Google their name and surname or the company name, and that's how they convert on the website. And uh, when they are ready, of course. If they type name and surname, then we know that we are close to creating personal brands of those people. But it can take time. On the other hand, what we do from the company pages perspective, we do these kind of things that you are doing. So we advise companies to uh, invite people from uh, their target companies. So uh, let's say this guy is like, I don't know, the company uh, is doing finance, so we need to target CFOs. So we invite the CFO of the company to come to our podcast. We ask them all kinds of things, like how they are choosing vendors, why they are changing vendors when they are changing. We ask them about the buyer's journey, how it goes, like we go through each step of it. And basically, we ask all the questions that we need so we can close the deal. And I mean, everybody wants to come to the podcast because everybody wants to talk about themselves. And when we finish recording, we uh, share them the 
recordings so they can share them on their profiles. We post it on YouTube as a long-form content. We create article out of it. We create visuals, quotes, all those kind of things for the social media. We also repurpose it for like five to eight short videos up to 10 minutes for LinkedIn page. And we build the company page by building personal profiles of the people who are actually our target customers. So, and at the same time, from the personal uh, profiles, we are adding people from the company. Uh, so, so more people from that company are seeing the content. And the way we, uh, we did the podcast, we asked them all the important questions. We hit all the stages of the buyer's journey. So we are educating the whole market. And uh, so that's how it goes. It's not something that goes like we create a podcast, we pitch them, we close them. It takes a lot of time and we are trying to get uh, through that by creating the content and actually showing it to the people where they are, when they are actually consuming it. Okay, that's fantastic. The one thing you mentioned, though, um, and just a fact with content marketing and content strategies and inbound is that it takes longer. Branding takes longer. And what I mean by takes longer is it takes longer to even like for people to get their head around like how this even works, how to even do it the right way. And it also takes longer versus outbound. Like inbound just takes longer because people find your stuff, your information, and they and you have a journey in your head that you want them to take. But people kind of have their own journey that they take. So then the sales process might take longer versus you picking up the phone as a salesperson, talking to someone and saying, I can deliver this, this, and this to you. Are you ready? And they are actually ready. Let's say it's that, like the 1% that's ready to buy. That's faster. So how do you reconcile the fact that what you're offering to clients is going to take longer, but then they do have goals that they need to hit? And how do you have those kinds of conversations? Yeah, let's let's get into it. So it's usually because marketing isn't sales first uh, department, and it usually takes twice as time to come up with the results than it takes to a sales team. Uh, when you hire somebody in your sales team, well, you give them let's say three months to close the deal. When you hire, let's say, marketing agency, you want them to deliver results right away, but it's not happening because content needs time to work. But how do we? Uh, what are some things that we are doing to like actually shorten uh, that span of time? So we use advertising, but advertising on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and we don't go after MQLs. Again, we want only to distribute content to the right people so they can consume it. We distribute it to the CEOs or decision makers on one side and on the people who will use our service or products in the company on the other side. And we do it with news-like articles researches, uh, case studies, testimonials, those kind of things, all the things that they can consume in like uh, preferably three minutes because everybody has like three minutes and the way advertising on Facebook and Instagram works, if they are like three minutes a day spending only on one of the platforms that is under Facebook umbrella, then uh, the algorithm will show them the ads exactly at that time. And we just want them to consume the content. So we watch at the channel level if the right people are reacting. If they are, then we are watching at the website if uh, they are actually reading the articles or watching the videos. If they are, then we know that they will come back and convert. It just depends on how long is the decision-making process in the company. I mean, this is kind of the things that we saw from the experience. 
And it took us time to realize that. It's not something that just happened. Also, when we do things the way I described, when we create like the content marketing machine, then we have sales guys uh, who are getting less leads, but more quality leads, more educated leads, the ones that just click the button, I want to talk to the sales, so they can close them easily and they can actually close bigger deals. And when this is the kind of situation, then the sales team, instead of talking to hundreds of MQLs and spending time on that, they actually have time to go outbound and do something different. And that's kind of how it goes. Like in the most companies we work with, like sales and marketing are aligned under the, usually it's under the marketing. I don't know if it's like CMO or VP of marketing. And if they are aligned, they are communicating with each other weekly. So exchanging ideas, exchanging experiences. And so they are aligned on one thing. And this is like the revenue. Remember when I was on your show and you're like, all right, Anna, I'm just going to let you roll with this. And I was talking and talking and talking. This is the part where you just kind of went on your, like this train of thought and bringing in all, unpacking all of these great ideas here from the why to focus on SQLs, how it benefits the entire company and how to think about revenue from a marketing perspective and how marketing does not equal sales, but also your experience from performance marketing back in the day with for B2C comes in handy now, right? Because now you have a way to shorten that time frame. You're using advertising, you're targeting the right people with educational stuff. And that makes them more educated in order to like when they come back to the site, now they know have enough information to click that button and say, like, I want to talk to sales now. I'm ready. So thanks for unpacking all that. That was great. That was a really nice clip that I'm going to pull out and use from this show. Great. So we talked a lot about what basically we spent a lot of time talking about the challenges you're seeing over and over again. So I appreciate you digging deeper into that. What's it like starting a marketing company in Serbia? I'd love to know. And I know the world has gotten smaller, especially this year. But what are the opportunities you're seeing? What are some of the challenges you're seeing? Mm, look, I'm not somebody who would uh, be called as a typical Serbian guy. So uh, it's a little bit different. I was always somebody who has his own opinions. And uh, like just before the pandemic hits, I was supposed to be uh, a speaker at the conference. And they told me, like, you cannot talk about LinkedIn because we already have some speakers uh, that we talk about LinkedIn. Okay, you cannot speak about a little, little, little kind of different things. But uh, anyway, when they announced me uh, as a speaker, uh, like, they wrote that I'm somebody who is, like, polarizing people. And I was like, why? Uh, the only thing that I want to do is just to help people, nothing else. And it's funny that now, a year after that, like one of those speakers that was supposed to talk about LinkedIn instead of me is working with me and we were supposed to start working on her personal brand and the other one applied to work with me. So uh, it's kind of interesting how the, the circle goes and how everybody is perceiving the knowledge of a certain platform and also perceiving somebody who like people were saying about me a year ago, that I'm somebody who is just talking, not doing many things. And I said, okay, it's finally time for me to come up with a company and show the people everything that I know. And 
all the things that I learned so far, but because like maybe the CEO didn't want to get into that or they were different kind of people, they have different ideas, I couldn't implement all those things. So now it's time uh, when I don't have somebody above my head, uh, it's time just to go for it. And it was kind of interesting. Like um, I landed my first client, the... Actually, I think five hours after we crafted the landing page, based on my personal brand, we were actually in Belgrade on a on a marketing conference, advertising conference, uh, and they wrote us an email. Hey, we we saw what you're doing. We downloaded. They were the first one downloading the PDF of 30 pages, like the strategy that we crafted, and like. We saw that you are in Belgrade. We looked at your social media profiles. How, uh, if you are going to be there tomorrow morning, maybe you can come and we can talk uh, about working together. So that's how we landed the first client. And um, What's that 30-page document that you created, the strategy? What, what is that material? Yeah, I was, I was thinking how I can start. And we just, uh, while we were creating the website, like uh, we created the landing page and... A document, it was literally like one sentence landing page, like create a strategy that will help you grow your business. And it was actually a strategy of 32 pages. But in every step of the strategy, we explained the services that we are offering. And we included examples of the companies that me and the guy that was with me at the time, that we results and the strategies and all the things that we have done in the previous agencies working with different clients from all around the world. Like That's your your lead gen, right? Your lead gen material. Yeah, yeah. It was literally like five email sequence after that where we with the CTA to schedule a call. And uh, yeah, that was basically it. And then the pandemic started and I hosted like 10 webinars. Uh, which gave me a chance to like, grow the email list uh, to 500 people. And um, I just kept on doing things and sharing some things out of it. And from those 10 uh, webinars, we had content for like the next three or four months. We started repurposing it, started like talking more about what we do, how do we do it. Like we changed the things as we were developing, as I already told you, like we... Uh, figure out who are not the good clients, who are the bad ones. Like, And I'm somebody who is finding inspiration and talking directly for everything I do. So kind of, if you want to go and scroll over my LinkedIn profile, you will find out the, the story, how it went. Also, like I started with Marty Sanchez from Spain, a podcast, B2B Weekly, which we are recording live every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Uh, with the audience. And we are talking there about how we are growing... We both have, like, let's say, agencies, but we are talking about the way we are growing the team. Like, if somebody goes now and listens to B2B Weekly, he will, he or she, they will hear how I was thinking in like May this year and how I'm thinking like yesterday. Uh, and it's kind of like this is also the material that I'm using now to give to my employees. When somebody comes to the company, I give them just listen to the podcast. Because I was talking every Wednesday and you can see how my mindset is changing, how I'm talking about the team, how I'm talking to growing the team, like all those kind of things. And we also use that podcast just to share, to take things out of us and to share it as a content. 
And basically, I just share the things that I'm doing. And this was actually not only sharing, but also doing the things that work for us, for me, doing it for the clients. And this, this is basically the, all the things that we were doing. Wonderful. So from the last question about Serbia, sounds like there's a lot of opportunities. Any challenges that you're finding or is it now because the world has changed so much that you can basically work from anywhere and have clients from anywhere? No, there are challenges which I'm trying to make not challenges anymore. And this is the thing that I mentioned, like we needed to raise the prices and everything because I can't hire just anyone from all around the world, like somebody who is building the company in US can. Like, I don't have the money to pay 1,000 euros for somebody who is just starting. I don't have that kind of money and I don't want to do it. I don't, don't see it as the right way. But I'm willing to pay what uh, the amount of money that somebody deserves if they are really good at what they're doing. Like, the sky is the limit in that way. And uh, this is how I'm seeing things. From Serbia, there are a lot of people that have worked for like US uh, marketing agencies. And usually those are the agency of people who are just building agencies so they can sell them and then go from one to the other. And they have the money to pay people. And they got used to like, we are working for the US companies. Now this is how much we are worth. And then they come to us as like company based in Serbia. And we cannot talk on the same level based on that because they don't have on one side the knowledge and on the other side, they are too expensive. So getting the right people and finding the people that have the knowledge is kind of hard. And the other segment is there are now a lot of people that are available to hire, but like I posted some things that I consider like the meteor marketer need to know. And like, Nobody, basically nobody out of people that reach out to me uh, didn't know how to do all of that. And it was very disappointing in a way. And it kind of made me realize that like I need to do some things differently. So I either need to teach someone uh, or I need to go and hire seniors. So this is, I cannot go in the middle. And so kind of interesting situation and uh, interesting challenges. So that's why I said, okay, we need to raise the prices. That's why we went big on branding. And now like we have the leverage to do what we need to do. Awesome. So something that's been on my mind lately is you start a company, you have clients, you're growing your team, but then there are other ways to think about how do you grow your company and how do you make your company work for you a little bit, right? So you could step away and you're doing other things and you still have like the, basically this is having something online that's always on and people can find it and buy it because you have the expertise, but it takes time when you sit down with a new client and you're talking to them. But maybe for some folks, if you have some sort of like an online knowledge sharing kit or some videos, a series of videos or something like that, those can always be available and people can just purchase on their own time and you don't have to put yourself into the equation. Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, there is also uh, that thing connected to Serbia. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Like we cannot sell to worldwide from Serbia online. 
this is the problem and this is one of the reasons why like businesses here aren't growing at the rate that they could grow and like i mean i did in the previous agency like me and the owner created the conversion marketing course uh and like we sold it we had a lot of people that went through it that achieved great results but i didn't want to do it because you become somebody who is just promoting education and those kind of things. And I'm okay with promoting that, but I'm not uh, somebody who wants to look at it as a product. Now, I mean, we are developing some things inside the company that might become products and we'll see about that, but I'm definitely um, having a will to try to, I don't know, create a product or create something that I can work with, like especially SaaS is interesting, all those kind of things. But I don't know, uh, when the opportunity arises, I'll ride along. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. That's been on my mind lately. Yeah, so, one, one, one more thing, sorry, yeah. uh, that I wanted to do, but COVID kind of stopped me from that. I wanted to create an event, uh, which will gather people from marketing uh, to do everything except marketing. So like kayaking, riding mountain bikes, hiking, uh, having intimate conversations with kind of like talks from the industry leaders at night and starting from Serbia, taking it all around the world. And I think it's very achievable and something that is missing in the industry. But like COVID is here and all those kind of things. So I needed to leave this aside for the moment. Well, keep me posted because I'd love to do, sounds like a fun retreat for marketers. I'd love to be part of that community. So Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and when you take it to the U.S., let me know. So with a few minutes left, I want to ask you if there's anything you wanted to share, maybe something more personal about yourself that will help connect you to the audience that's listening here. Anything that you want to share? Yeah, I, my comics are behind the screen, so I cannot show it, but like, First, read comics because it will spark your creativity. It will give you a chance to find out how to write better copy, how to create a conversation, how to enter new people into conversations, how to craft a scene for some things that you want to do. Uh, also, another thing is listen to the music uh, as much as possible, any kind of music. The third one is go out in the nature especially the forest. Uh, I mean, I'm somebody who likes mountains more than the sea, but like combination would be uh, amazing. And the fourth one uh, is try to do things outside of business that will allow you to be better at what you do. By that, I mean, I don't know, like some things that I did is I bought the owner of the agency where I work at, uh, bought a huge Jeep. So I was director of operations, I, the second man of the company. So I needed to do something uh, different. So I bought a bicycle, which is uh, expensive one and the only one in Serbia. And when I'm riding my bicycle around the city, people are noticing me and I'm getting used to being in the center of the attention. And then when situation comes that everybody's panicking around me and I need to perform on the highest level, then I'm relaxed because I'm used to that. And like, just those are like few things that I recommend to everybody. I can talk about so many things, uh, but like, I think it's enough for now. 
Wow, that is such a cool technique I've never really thought about. When you put yourself into the situation that's uncomfortable, but it makes sense, right? You put yourself in that situation more and more and more times, you end up becoming comfortable in that situation. Then when something stressful comes up within you know, your work, you're actually taking it in stride and it's not as stressful. So what a great tip. Uh, great yeah, technique. Uh, I, need, I needed to do that. I needed to develop a lot of those kind of things, um, especially like coming from the small city and being somebody who is always innovating, like maybe some things weren't new for the world, but from my hometown they were. And then seeing that I'm not the most clever one and it hit my ego. So I needed to learn how to accept feedback. It took me a couple of years and especially like in basketball or somebody who is very nervous, captain of the team and like... Even the judges sometimes provoke me with a purpose so I can get to technicals and get out of the game. Like the change happened one day, like in the middle of the street, we were playing 3x3 and they um, they whistled three fouls so fun of my players, so they took him out. It never happened. So I and the other team was being uh, supported by the sponsors and that's why that happens. And I'm somebody who is reacting when there's injustice. So I took the ball in the middle of the street, in the middle, in like the center of my city with all the audience outside, I was yelling and I prepared the ball to hit the judge in the head. And like in the last moment, like I changed my mind and just hit it out of the board and just got out of that. And this is the moment when I changed and I learned how to handle all those kind of things. Like when my father died, I knew that he's going to die 20 days before. So like one of the famous singers, musicians of the new wave of Yugoslavian uh, pop culture died. And like saying goodbye to him, I said goodbye to my father, like by listening to the music and enjoying those kind of things. So there you go, a little rant for the end. Yeah, thank you. I love to ask this question because this is what really connects you in a more human way. We could talk about marketing all day long, but these are like, we're all very much connected in certain ways and have very similar experiences. So I appreciate you sharing that. You can reach Nemanja on LinkedIn. He is very active. And I don't think there is anybody out there with your same name, doing the same things as you, definitely standing out. And you can find out more about Funky Marketing by going to funkymarketing.net. So Nemanja, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on here. And let's kick off, you know, into next year with some exciting things ahead. I'm looking forward to talking to you again and staying in touch with all the cool things you're working on. Yeah, likewise, Anna. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping regularly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Anna Firminov, or visit my website, firminovmarketing.com. 